1: That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff.
2: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
3: Welcome, everyone, to episode 235 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporik and today we are going to unfortunately have to spend a lot of time talking about Kevin Durant uh, in the wake of his Achilles injury after game five, what it means for the finals, what it means for the free agency, the offseason, going to get into all of that before we get underway a reminder that you can follow us on twitter at the nba pod in our bio you can find our twitter handles so give us a follow as well you can also find us on itunes so please subscribe download leave some five star reviews we're now being hosted on spreaker so check them out on twitter at spreaker joining me today as always is my very stable genius of a co-host morton jensen how's it going mort
4: it's going okay bry but here's here's the thing You know, I can be a dick sometimes. We can all have dick tendencies. (laughs) But I will never, never sit in a crowd of people and applause over an injury. I am absolutely appalled at what Raptors fans did. And I'm not saying the entire fan base, mind you. right, right, But the fan base who did, and we saw a video that came out a couple hours ago of the Jurassic Park uh, crowd Mm -hmm. also reacting to Kevin Durant's injury by Mm -hmm. cheering and celebrating. So at the very minimum, there's been at least a couple hundred people who were, you know, celebrating KD's injury. Yeah. I am I mean, we spent last episode talking up Raptors fans. I'm, I'm, I don't know, I mean, did we jinx it? I'm not sure, <laughs> but that's that's awful. Yeah and if there are any Raptors fans who were sitting there with any emotion that said, Oh, that's great for us that he went down, shame. Right. Yeah. Big time shame on you. This is this is disgusting.
3: I mean, I would be a hypocrite for criticizing Raptors fans cuz I know Philly fans would have reacted the same way or a lot of Philly well, fans. You well, you
4: right. wouldn't. You wouldn't. Right. So that's fine.
3: And so I like I think we've we've said this even dating back to the Russell Westbrook stuff in Utah. There are bad eggs in every fan base. I don't want to say like every Raptors fan is at fault for how Agreed. these people behaved last night. But the ones who did, as you said, it's it's just gross and there's no place for it in the game. I understand being excited that, you know, on on the base level of he's probably not going to play the rest of this game, if not this series, you know, without knowing the severity of the injury, that means our chances of winning the series have increased. I Like, I get that from the logic perspective, but you have to keep in mind that this guy... As a human being. Like, he's a millionaire, he's great at basketball, he's trying to beat your team in the finals, I get it, but he's still a human. As we are likely to find out soon, he suffered a career-altering injury. He's one of the best players we've seen in this era, if not ever. This is just, like, a really crappy situation. So, we are recording this on Tuesday. There's been no official word yet as to what the severity of the injury is, but... The Warriors fear it's a torn Achilles. We're going to assume it's a torn Achilles. You you know, there was the video going around last night where you know it zoomed in on his right calf, and you can see as he plants a ripple go up the calf. It Like, every part of this suggests this is a very serious injury. And yeah. It, you know, the like, the first thing we have to say is just prayers up to Kevin Durant. This sucks. Mm-hmm. It's just really... I would never wish this upon... Anyone, anyone, you know, especially at at this stage of his career, when he's in the finals and less than a month from free agency, like this was supposed to be so great for him, you know, coming back in game five, he had the chance to be the hero. And then, you know, he he starts off really well. He hits a couple of big threes early is playing good defense. Like it looked like he might be able to swing this series. And then he takes one wrong step early in the second quarter and just, all goes up in smoke. So it like yeah. it, it just it really sucks. Uh, best wishes to Kevin Durant. Um, we you know unfortunately we do have to talk about the impact of the injury as sudden and as gross as it may feel. There's a finals game on Thursday. The Warriors won last night. More they're now mm-hmm. only down three two. They're heading back to Oracle for Game Six, and frankly, it was uh, just. An incredibly gutsy performance from them. You know, having to see KD go down, knowing he gave you such an early lift, and then being able to hold off the Raptors. They were down six with about three minutes left in the game. You know, Kawhi hit a couple of big shots right in a row. Scotiabank Arena is going nuts. It seems like this is it for the Warriors. And then Steph and Clay really put the team on their backs. Hit a couple of big threes. Uh, Dre played some good defense. It looked like he tipped Kyle Lowry's last shot. No. Um, so they're they're going back three two. What do you give the Warriors a chance of winning this series now without without Durant?
4: I mean, as I've said all the way through the finals here, I, I would be a fool if I did not at least acknowledge that there was a significant chance because it's the defending champions With, <laughs> right. without Kevin Durant. I mean. But, but this is what's crazy about it, though. Kevin Durant played 12 minutes, and he might have swung in this series. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors could end up winning this championship, and it would be all due to Kevin Durant playing 12 minutes. How yeah. crazy is that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, they that also wasn't the only injury they suffered last night. Or I mean, yeah. I guess Looney has already been hurt. He's been dealing with the costal cartilage fracture, but he appeared to have aggravated it last night didn't play much in the fourth quarter he says he's going to play in game 6 it's just a matter of pain tolerance but he is very clearly not 100% this to me it feels like I just can't imagine I know they are so undermanned and I know they just lost two in Oracle so logic wise you would say okay the raptors do not want to open the door to a game 7 they've won two already they're going to finish the deal in six. But then, like, this is, no matter what, game six is the last game ever in Oracle Arena. Yeah. The Warriors are just so damn prideful that it's hard to imagine them closing that building with a series-ending loss in the finals.
4: Agreed. And then in a game seven, everything can happen.
3: Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just... It, it really... I mean, it just sucks that this is, like, overshadowing the whole finals, but... That's
4: yeah. That's yeah. How it goes. But, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, like I just said, he would still go down. I mean, he's already yeah, a legend, right. but he would go down as, as a major legend for just playing 12 minutes. He, for sure. He, if they win this series, he, he he's the actual cause of it. He is the one guy who came back in, I mean, in after missing the entire finals, <laughs> 12 minutes, 11 points, 3 triples. I mean, he gave it all, and here we are. It's 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 remarkable. So I'm going to celebrate what Kevin Durant did instead because yeah. I think that's that's probably what he wanted. And and on, honestly as well, I think there's there's also um, you know a, a positive that can be taken away from this. It, it's it's a sad positive, but follow along here. So DeMarcus Cousins suffered an Achilles rupture as well. Yep. And so, you know obviously they're teammates. So there's a lot of experience mm. that that KD can kind of draw on. And, and and or draw from, I should say. Yeah. And there is a lot of like feedback he can receive. Like those two can sit together and just like kind of talk it through. And maybe, you know, Cousins can give him a few tips and like, okay, maybe you should do this and this and that during rehab. Focus on this and this and that. Like there are some, you know, there there's definitely a, a camaraderie level there that I think could benefit and maybe just lift the spirits of Katie significantly. Mm-hmm. Just for having someone next to him who's gone through it. But obviously, I mean, we need to talk about the ramifications, not just for the this, these finals, which, you know, whoever wins, I'm, I'm not sure. This is a wide open right now. Um, but in terms of his body, I mean, outside of Dominique Wilkins and, and his game was altered afterwards. Mm-hmm. Has there been anyone else who's come back and, and really remained in that same caliber of stardom? I'm not sure and that's really what makes this so devastating because we're yeah. used to seeing Kevin Durant, you know, put in 30 points a game on a true shooting percentage of 65. He's one right. of the most efficient scorers in NBA history, one of the best players in NBA history. If if this is the start of what will be a a pretty severe drop off and decline for him, that's incredibly sad. I mean, Kobe Bryant went through it at age I want to say 34. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: It, was, it was a little later in his career for sure. A little
4: later. Again, and and KD's going to be 31 this year, but it's it's still on the wrong wrong side of 30 right. at the very least. Right. Um as we all know, being younger there's a bigger tendency to actually regain full health and whatnot. So it it's just so unfortunate that this not only means the end of, you know, Durant's Golden State tenure, but the Durant that we know and have followed since he started at Texas in 2007. I want to say
3: uh, 2006. He came it was right. Oh, it was a 2007
4: draft. <laughs> draft right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. 2006. Yeah. So I mean, that's 13 years, right? So, yeah. um, but I, w- I will say this: he's got a game that could be built to actually overcoming this somewhat. He may not be the same guy, you know, as as he was. But he's almost, or he, depending on what the league does with the, with, with these new measurement rules, um, like he's seven feet tall. Yep. He can still he can still shoot. <laughs> That's not gonna go away. Right. Uh, he can still hit free throws. And if I'm not mistaken, he has very very long arms as well. So he yeah. should be able to score near the basket. So maybe the Kevin Durant we're gonna be seeing who comes back will be playing you know from 15 feet and in at a little bit more, and then just kind of be a a pick and pop four. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I think he can make some sort of transition, whether he's going to be like the counterend of old, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I want to stay optimistic about this. So right. I'm kind of trying to paint the best-case scenario, and that's him coming back and being efficient somewhere else on the court. Yeah.
0: People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time, each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance.
2: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations.
3: We do have to touch on the big talking point coming out of the game last night. It mm. seemed like people were just looking for someone to blame, yeah. whether it's the Warriors for perhaps rushing him back, whether it's media members for calling into question his toughness, whether it's the Warriors' medical staff for perhaps misdiagnosing the injury or not warning him um, of the potential risks, or you know, did they need to protect him from himself, basically? Did they need to tell him we know you want to come back, but it's you can't risk this. Yeah. Do you think anyone's at fault here, Mort? Or is no. it just kind of a freak injury that, like, you know, these things happen, it's basketball?
4: No, I don't think there's any blame to go around here. I, I think it, this was a decision that, that was made, you know, between the organization and Durant. Yeah. Furthermore, you know, looking at that injury again, Like, he was just dribbling, and he he made a move with his leg, but that move he would do in rehab rehab as well. Like, that could have come at any given point. That was just him, I I believe he, was he dribbling between his legs at that point, or something like that?
3: Um, He was just kind of dribbling, like, outside, you know, right above the three-point arc. I don't remember if it was right. between the legs or just. But even kinda...
4: if it had been like between the legs or whatever, it was a very standard move. Like yeah. he was setting oh, up yeah. for a drive. That's what right. what he was doing. He would have done that at practice as well. Yes. This is not something that would have been necessarily isolated to game five of the NBA Finals, as people like to point out. Right. Like, no. No. This could have happened literally anywhere, and, and I mean, and and any time. If, if, if he could have made this move and it wouldn't have happened if he had just stepped back a little bit more or stepped forward a little bit more and hadn't strung out his leg as much. There's so many variables that go into this. It's it's a freak accident. It happened. And then it's just because it was built on the narrative of him, you know, already having a bum leg um, and, and you know, being pushed back to the court and it's the finals. And uh, the narrative almost writes itself, right? Mm-hmm. Who's to blame? But yeah. no, I, I don't think... I don't think anyone's to play. Look again. I just mentioned before, Durant is gonna be thirty-one years old. You don't tell a thirty-one-year-old human being, you know, oh, you should do this and this and that. Right. No, I mean, this is a decision where you sit down and you figure out. Okay, what do you want to do? Well, I want to play. What do you guys want? Well, we want to. We want you guys. To, we want you to play too. Oh, okay. Let's see what we can figure out. I'm working. You know, working my way back. I'm doing twice a day practices. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, okay cool, we we have doctors looking at you. They say you're ready, too. Well, mm-hmm. splendid. Let's get to work. I don't think there's anyone sitting there with a gun to the other person's head and going, hey, Kevin Durant needs to
5: play.
3: Right, right. I, I mean, Bob Myers, after the game, came out and said, look, if you want to blame anyone, blame me because I'm in charge of the organizational operations here. Um which i think is basically him trying to say don't blame kd don't blame the doctors don't blame anyone else right it's just it, i really do believe that it was a collaborative decision between the front office the doctors and the medical staff durant his agent i i you know i don't think something nefarious went on where the warriors tried to pressure him back and right. withheld information about you know hey you're 80% healed but if you come back you have a 30% chance of tearing your Achilles tonight like I, I don't I don't think it was something like that I think it was just this is basketball freak injuries mm-hmm. happen you are as healed from the calf injury as you will reasonably be between now and the end of these finals which could end tonight um, if you step on the court. There is a risk. There's always a risk anytime anyone steps on the court. We can't promise you're going to make it out okay. But if you are willing to stomach that risk, knowing that the finals could end tonight, knowing that you're a free agent in a month, knowing that you have a long career ahead of you, we are comfortable with you taking that risk. And if he is too, then you know it's just risk management at that point. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if anything, I think... We talked about this last episode, the whole narrative of he's soft and that, you know, (laughs) there's doubt about whether he wants to make it back to the finals. Like maybe he's just faking his way through and like he just wants to become a free agent. I think that narrative sucked. And we said that Mm -hmm. last episode. And if that put any undue pressure on him, I hope everyone who was pushing that narrative over the past few days feels terrible about themselves. I know. You know, Tim Kawakami of The Athletic and the Bay Area had the column after Game 4, where he said there were some, even within the Warriors organization, kind of privately questioning KD's toughness, because you see Klay Thompson come back from the hamstring injury after one game, and you see Kavon Looney toughing it out through this rib fracture, and you know, the, these guys are true Warriors because they're toughing through the pain, and they don't understand why Kevin Durant's not ready to go. That's crap man and if that made him feel like he needed to come back if he did feel pressure to come back earlier than he thought his body was ready to that's awful but i don't think that's the warriors necessarily pressuring him to do it i just think it's you know this is the problem with 24 7 media is that you have some people in very powerful organizations who are able to push a narrative. And unfortunately we know Kevin Durant is sensitive to that kind of stuff. So I think that of course, especially if he's not playing basketball, of course he's keeping an eye on that. And of course that stuff trickled back to him. I think that those, those people are the biggest losers out of anyone here just because like, how dare you question this guy's toughness? Who that like, how do you know, how do you know what's going on in his body?
4: And his competitive level, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because when you're com- when you're commenting on Durant being, you know, soft or whatever, you're totally ignoring you know, we've talked about this so many times. NBA athletes, they have this insane competitive streak just built into their DNA. You don't make it to the NBA if you're not ultra competitive. Right. And you certainly don't make superstardom if you are not willing to sacrifice everything to get there. And Durant is no exception. Like you are you are basically crapping on his resume as a basketball player if you <laughs> insinuate right. that he's not a warrior or a fighter or whatever. That's that is so dumb. And we need this whole rah rah warrior emotional spiel to go away. Because yeah. it's only dealing in you know subjective analysis that comes off of what somebody feels about someone else it's dumb yeah. it's truly dumb yeah and shame on the athletic for even publishing this by the way
3: yeah i mean i think it's just whole the whole like we've glamorized toughing it out through injury not just in the nba in all sports you know it's just yeah. that has become such a defining feature of you know like even jordan's flu game is one of his defining moments of his legendary career because he toughed it out when he really might have just been hung (laughs) over you know or or like paul pierce playing through his quote-unquote knee injury in 2008 when really he just crapped himself (laughs) you know like (laughs) the backstory but behind some of these you know so-called legendary moments turned out to be not so legendary when you really dig down deep so yeah like just look at Kawhi Leonard like we had this situation last year with Kawhi Leonard where he plays nine games he knows something's wrong with his body he's telling the Spurs something's not right I don't feel right I can't play the Spurs who you know are one of the best franchises in all of sports are confused and frustrated by the whole situation. They don't understand what's going on. They have a similar thing where, you know, privately they start grumbling about, like, why is he not playing? We don't get this. Tony Parker has those, com- those comments, like, my injury is 100 times worse than his. We don't understand at all. Kawhi comes yeah. back this year. The Raptors, they make the trade. They Their director of sports science, Alex McKechney is very, like, attuned to his needs they you know they hook him up with all the testing they can tell how much strain you're putting on your body and Kawhi the other day said if not for that load management plan i wouldn't be playing in the finals right now if you made me play a full 82 game season i would not have made it through right i like we have the research and the, the, the resources and the technology now To really know how far these guys have pushed themselves and exerted themselves. And if you overexert yourself and you're at serious risk for injury, we know that now better than ever. So just because a guy 30 or 40 years ago toughed it through a concussion or a broken rib or whatever, doesn't mean you have to do so now. And doesn't mean you're any less tough because you're like you're just aware of what's going on in your body and you're listening to your body. That's okay. We shouldn't demonize a player for doing so.
4: Right. And I think toughing it up or toughing it out could basically be replaced with prove that you're a man. Yeah. Right. If you catch my drift, because yeah. this is the underlining thing. Like you are more of a man than the next one if you go through this. You know, it's all this... You know macho BS, right? Like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Sure. You only you only lost one leg in the war. Come on, <laughs> right. come on, dunk. Right,
0: right.
4: Like it's, it's yeah. We're in twenty nineteen. Like you need to get with the program, really. Right. I mean, obviously, players um, of of all, of all of both the sexes, obviously, should be wary of their own bodies. Mm-hmm. If and and look long term and if you know a grown adult a professional athlete says you know what i want to to tough it out or i want to play because i want to win a damn championship then then that's their prerogative that's that there's that's their choice I, I whatever a player decides it's because he or she has listened to their bodies mm-hmm. and gone i think i can sustain it Yeah. whether they be right or wrong that's besides the point because it's a matter of listening to yourself. And it's a matter of trusting that body. And it's a matter of trusting your coaching staff and, and your medical staff. And in this particular scenario, it, it was the wrong decision to make, potentially, even though I still think it's a fluke injury. But you can at least make the argument, knowing that Kevin Durant got injured, you can say, oh, then he should have sat. Right. Fair enough. But you can't take the decision out of his hands. It has to be a decision that's made of communication. And it has to be, you know, his choice ultimately. And not off of some macho BS, but rather how he feels. And he felt good enough to play. And that's really the end of it. I yeah. don't think you, we can point the finger at anyone. Right. It It's crap. It happened. And, you know, he's going to have to deal with that. And it's very unfortunate. And that's it.
3: Yeah. it's It's results over process at this point. Like, yes, in this one timeline... What actually happened is he came back and he got hurt. But if you run 100 simulations, how many times does he get hurt last night? I don't know the answer. No one does. But if the medical process was sound, you can't legislate fluke injuries out of basketball. It'd be great. I'd love if there was an NBA 2K feature in real life where we could just turn injuries off and we never have to deal with it and we just get full strength players all the time. But that isn't real life. And it sucks. But, I, you know, I'm not going to come out without any knowledge of what went on behind the scenes and say the Warriors screwed up, their doctors screwed up, or Bob Myers screwed up. We just don't know. Yeah. But, like, we, we just don't need to blame anyone right now. Like, let's just accept what happened and, you know, the, everyone has to move forward. Does it change the way the Warriors handle this kind of situation moving forward? Maybe. Yeah. Or, or other teams moving forward, maybe. But I feel like the Kawhi Leonard load management plan was gonna change that anyway. So we'll we'll see what happens.
4: Right. But I, I do agree with you. It would be nice if you could just pull a Mark Stevenson, and ban injuries. <laughs>
1: That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff.
2: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
3: Well, Mort, we also have to talk, unfortunately, about free agency impact here because Durant is set. If he declines his player option, which before last night was a foregone conclusion, he would become an unrestricted free agent he would have been the top free agent on the, in the class or 1, one in 1A with Kawhi Leonard, possibly at this point. Now there's the question of does he even opt out or does he pick up his player option next year? Because we have to assume if it is a full torn Achilles, he well, is going to miss very likely all of next year.
4: So while also potentially not being the player that he used to be,
3: right? Yeah, like even if he comes back. He will come back for very limited minutes, and you will—you just won't see much out of Kevin Durant if this is a fully torn Achilles, as suspected. Right.
4: So, so, I think there's a very simple, you know, approach to all this. Really. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off, no, no. but I think it's extremely simple. You check with your agent and you ask, "Is the Knicks offer still on the table?" Yeah. The 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 Knicks offer that technically officially hasn't been put forward yet but we know exists <laughs> right right if the answer is yes the next question is all guaranteed for, for, for all four years yeah yes then you take it and you never look back
3: yeah yeah i mean i, I think that's that's the key rich paul is gonna be or sorry uh rich Kleiman is gonna be doing a lot of back channeling over the next few weeks to see how this affects his free agent landscape. Because, yeah, I would assume teams will still try to pay a lot to get him. Do they give him the four year, full four-year max fully guaranteed? No. I, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, let's talk about it from the Knicks perspective briefly. Because I know, you know, you wrote about them for Forbes last week um, mm-hmm. in the wake of the Allen Crab trade. And, you, you know, you were talking about how they were the biggest loser of free agent, or of the trade, basically, because this just creates... The Nets now can create two max slots. Kyrie, it seems like, is going to go there instead of the Knicks, which was widely reported. So even if they get Durant now, now they have to go after a second guy, and we don't know who that guy is going to be. Right.
4: Knicks fans love that piece, by the
3: way. <laughs> I'm shocked that they yeah. reacted so poorly. <laughs> um, but now if you're the Knicks and you sign Durant, how do you attract that second star free agent knowing that your pitch is, okay, we have him, but he just tore his Achilles. He's probably going to miss the entire season, and we don't know what he's going to look like moving forward.
4: Well, you look to the one guy who apparently wants to go to New York in Anthony Davis. Yeah. Because he doesn't seem to care. <laughs> I mean, you know, he just wants to go somewhere to win, right?
3: Right. All he yeah. cares about is winning, which is yeah. why he has narrowed his list to the Knicks and the Lakers, according to Sham Sharania. Yep.
4: Yeah. Because when you when you all you care about is winning, you go to one of the two <laughs> worstly run organizations in the NBA. Right. Yep. I believe those checks the, out, man.
3: Those are the two that have lost the most games over the last five years. I want to say.
4: Uh, I don't know, but that sounds plausible. The Suns
3: probably give them competition, but I think the Suns had one good season mixed in there.
4: Yeah, but even so, that's not great company. Like, the Suns.
3: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. No, I I think you're right. I think it wouldn't surprise me if this increases the Knicks' uh, urgency to get an Anthony Davis trade done. Because I think, I mean, already, as you said last week, their free agency plans... We're on life support, um, just because, you know, every every star free agents incumbent team could offer more money mm. than any other team. So if your plan was to lure a Jimmy Butler or a Tobias Harris to be KD's sidekick if Kyrie isn't in the bank, you have to bank on the Sixers or if Kemba Walker with the Hornets, you have to bank on those teams not offering the full max because if they do why are you giving up an extra 50 million or 80 million in Kemba's case to go to a Knicks team uh even if your goal is to play with KD yeah now it's you (laughs) you, there is you it was already a kind of crappy pitch if you're the Knicks now you got nothing it you just there's no way that you can pitch a star free agent on come here and you will have a better chance to win with us than you do with your current team. Like, even Kemba in Charlotte. Is a Knicks team that signs KD and Kemba this summer, knowing that KD is going to probably miss the entire next season, is that better than what Kemba's Hornets will do next year?
4: No, not at all. And here's the thing. With KD missing a year, potentially, that takes another year off that player's prime. Right. So Kemba, who is, what, twenty nine. I want to say.
3: Yeah, that sounds right.
4: Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be 30 this year or next year, but, I mean, that's you can just add a year to that before he even gets to play with KD, and then what type of version of KD will he even play with? Right. It's, there, there's just too many question marks. And given that KD, assuming, you know, the Knicks signed him to a full max, he would take up so much money on the cap, Yeah. you can't really finagle your way out of that. Right. if he doesn't really return and, and is a productive player.
3: Right. So, so all of that leads me to believe he might just opt in with the Warriors.
4: Yeah. No, I mean, again, depending on the offers out there, if the Knicks are still there holding a four-year offer all guaranteed, yeah, like, go get your money, man. Yeah. Uh, But if not, then, yeah, opt in. You know, you're earning what thirty one point eight. I don't know how was it. Yeah, thirty one point eight million. Let's just go with that Um, for for next season. Well, basically rehabbing. Right. I'll take that.
3: Yeah. And like at this point, do the Warriors almost owe that
4: to him? He won them two rings. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine.
3: Well, especially if if there was actual pressure coming from inside the organization, whether that's the players or the front office or, you know, whoever was leaking to Kawakami the other day, like, yeah, yeah. It's 31.5 million is his player option for next year, which is um, $7 million or so, a little less than $7 million, less than the max that he can sign. Mm. If he started a max salary, it would be 38.15 million. So... Yeah, if those max deals are on the table, obviously, go take them. Part of me wonders if maybe he re-signs, like, he talks to the Warriors and, like, look, I want a three-year deal. Give me, like, three years, $100 million or something. And if they're willing to do that, knowing that, you know, he's he's obviously not going to play next year in all likelihood, but then you still got two more years of him um, at... Below his max, like if anything, I I feel like this significantly increased the likelihood that he stays in Golden State at least for next season.
4: Yeah, but is it wrong of me to even like gulp at the idea of 100 million for him right now?
3: No, that's it, it. Just throws such a wrench into this, and we had the same reaction a month ago when he first suffered the injury, and he he had a very similar reaction. He grabbed right at the ankle. And everyone mm-hmm. thought it was an Achilles injury then. And I remember we had the same conversation of like, what does this do for free agency this summer? Who are you still willing to throw that much money at him?
4: I don't know. And I, I'm pretty sure at that point I said, yeah, because it's Kevin Durant. But <laughs> right. I, w- I mean, that wasn't with the mindset of him, you know, suffering an Achilles injuries because obviously that's one of the most devastating injuries a player can get. Yeah. But- no, it's it's unfortunate um he was he was so good in those 12 minutes you really saw again how impactful he can be and and the level of influence he can have on a game and and just the thought of him potentially not being able to do that again at least at the same level yeah. with him aging off as well because I mean he's again he's gonna be 31 then he's gonna miss a year that's that's 32 right there. Yep. I think he's gonna be what be, before he's fully healthy or at least like back to feeling somewhat of the norm. He's gonna be thirty three or close to it.
3: Yeah, Oof. I mean, you you can't reasonably expect to get anything out of Kevin Durant until October twenty twenty.
4: Yeah, that's that's not great.
3: No, it sucks. It just I, and it's I mean it is truly wild, just how quickly the Knicks' free agent plans appear to be in grave danger because like, this is almost why, you know, they, they were not under any immediate pressure to trade Chris at the trade deadline. Aside from you can get more for him because you're giving up his matching rights. Basically like this summer, he was going to be a restricted free agent there's the threat of the qualifying offer or why would a team give up as much as Dallas did knowing it could just sign him instead. So, you know, they dump Kristaps, they dump Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. Free up the two max spots. But this was always the risk. Not necessarily that Kevin Durant's going to get hurt and suffer a career altering injury, but what happens if your plans, whether it's KD and Kyrie or KD and someone else, what happens if something backfires and, KD stays with Golden State and Kawhi stays with Toronto and, like, all the big free agents right. stay with their respective teams or don't choose you. What do you have if you're the Knicks? And that's son- Tobias Harris? <laughs> Maybe. It feels like, that's starting to feel like the best-case scenario. And that's, you know, if you traded Kristaps to max out Tobias Harris and Nick Vucevic... <laughs>
4: Oh, God, you just spoke it into existence, I think.
3: (laughs) It's just, it's, man, it it, it just, I mean, it casts a real pall over the whole summer because KD was going to be one of the biggest dominoes to fall. And now, you know, this Anthony Davis trade is looming possibly as early as this weekend. And now that just casts more uncertainty over, you know, like... If you're the Knicks and you're and you want to swing KD and Anthony Davis does does that suddenly not swing the you know Anthony Davis willing to sign long term if you sign KD and you don't know what you're going to get out of him and you know how much he's going to take of your cap every year does he want someone else instead of KD now
4: or no, that's what I'm saying. It, look, AD for just wanting the Knicks and Lakers, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. He about just winning. wants to be. No, I don't yeah. think he wants to be. I mean, again, not not necessarily the wing winning part. I mean, uh, that was a joke. We just talked about how players are very very competitive. Right. I, I'm not taking that away from AD. But what I'm saying is, the the motivation here is is not what he said it was. Yeah. He wanted to go to a big market. Like fair enough, you know you're you you can do whatever you want, uh, but or at least you can wish whatever you want. But I don't think he cares about the teammates there, yeah. Uh, because it's such an unknown. It's such an unknown. Like okay, even if he goes to the Lakers and he has LeBron, LeBron was born in 1984. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be 35 this year. So whatever window you think will be open is closing pretty damn fast. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a concern. I think the Knicks is that might actually be their best case scenario, getting AD and kd Yeah, but I'm still not high on it because of the uncertainty around KB's injury. Obviously, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and by the way, who, who do they have to pair those two with that mm-hmm. you can sign? I mean, yeah, you have a few role players: Lonzo Trier, you have Mitchell Robinson, who can play center. Who's intriguing? I'm not going to lie, he's very good.
3: Yeah. But you you're, have you're probably Frank giving the... up a lot of those guys to get AD in the first place.
4: Yeah. I mean, obviously the package would have to, you know, center around the third pick. So yeah. you won't have that rookie coming in. Right. But yeah, it, it might be the third pick and Mitchell Robinson and maybe yeah. something else. Right. Kevin Knox, sorry, he's he's had, you know, almost an historically bad rookie season, so he, I'm not really expecting him to go off and become a superstar when he showed no indication of it. Right. Um like who do they have? Dennis Smith Jr.
3: And he, he also might be included in the package. You also, I mean, might, they,
4: might also, yeah.
3: They have the two Mavericks picks. Like, they have some of the ammunition to make a deal work. And, you know, Woj reported on Monday that David Griffin is now he's providing potential suitors with the framework of a package he's seeking for Davis. Um, he's open to multi team deals. So maybe, you know, he, he specifically mentioned. New York could flip its two future first round picks by the Dallas Mavericks into players the Pelicans prefer. So they have the ammunition to make a trade, but now the question is, it's similar to Boston with you know the Kyrie stuff, is do you give up everything to get Anthony Davis now having the uncertainty of Kevin Durant hanging over your head? Whether he opts in or just, you know, signs with you and isn't the same player. It just really throws a wrench in their whole summer.
4: Yeah, yeah. There are, there are a lot of scenarios to consider. I mean, I, I, I'm glad about the Knicks, because this yeah. is going to be quite the puzzle to figure out. Um, th- this is a good season, or a good summer, I should say, to be a rebuilding team. You don't have to worry yeah, about it.
3: For <laughs> real. Yeah, or or just, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's a good it's going to be a good summer to be a rebuilding team cuz then you're going to get a lot of cap dumps probably and you can just pick up a bunch of assets too but yeah yeah this it just this whole thing sucks I, that's i really like we've we've spoke for 40 minutes about it and that's the TLDR version is this sucks i hate it <laughs> i really
4: let's delete the 40 minutes and yeah. just go
3: back right
5: right yeah CLEARANCE. For clearance um uh,
3: before we wrap up we should at least give a brief shout out to tony parker who announced that he will be retiring from all basketball for uh, uh the age of 37 he told uh mark j spears of the undefeated on monday so that means he comes off of the hornets books um yeah. any any uh big tony parker thoughts
4: well now all those guys that I made fun of Sarah that they would soon be <laughs> retiring they've all retired now so I can't make fun anymore. <laughs> and it lost a lot of luster because he he went to the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter as much anymore. So thank you Tony right. for ruining my pranks and <laughs> my jokes. that's like not cool, man. Now I mean obviously one of the greatest uh point guards uh and most accomplished point guards as you should say because yeah. you know the thing the thing about him is Talent-wise, obviously, he was very, very good, but he, he wasn't in the same caliber of like a Chris Paul, right, or a Steph Curry, in that sense. But he just played his role to perfection. The way yeah. he could manufacture shots within, you know, ten feet of the basket, standing what six foot two, not being overly athletic, he was like he was quick, but he didn't have like a tremendous vertical leap. He wasn't really uh, tremendously explosive but yet he could just get into that damn paint yep. of his sheer intelligence yep. and reading like the floor and put up floaters, layups, push shots, whatever, and, and just get himself to the line or get himself these buckets and, and draw the entire defense in. And he had the presence of mind when this happened to understand, okay, where's, where's Bruce Bowen? Where's Manu? Where are those guys? Because I can find them if the defense collapses. And oh, I have Tim right behind me. I can just make the drop off, and Tim will finish it for me. Like he was just such a smart player, and I think that's what you need to take away from from Tony's career was just the intelligence level that he played with, and the fact that for someone who wasn't you know physically imposing, he maximized his potential. Yeah, I, I don't think you could argue that Tony Parker had more potential left in his in his tank that he didn't squeeze out. Oh, God, I think no. He, no. I think he squeezed every ounce of it out.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, who, who would have expected the twenty eighth pick in the two thousand one draft to be a you know a multi time NBA champion, the key to these all of these Spurs championships? He's incredible. It's yeah. just you can't say enough good things about Tony Parker. And yes, he used to troll Sarah all the time about. You know the the end of the era, which is just how these things go. These guys can't play yeah. forever, but
4: the era has now ended, Sarah.
3: Yeah, yeah, but like, Officially. I I don't think Spurs fans would trade anything for the past twenty years. That you nor know, <laughs> should they, right? More should like, they. The heartbreak of seeing Timmy and Manu and Tony now all retire. Yeah, they gave you twenty years of great memories. Like, yeah. you know, thanks for everything. Can't wait to see your jersey in the rafters. Hope you're a part of the franchise forever, which I'm sure all three of them will be.
4: Oh, for sure. Now it's only pop. Hmm. Yeah. All but, right,
3: but oh. he's gonna be around for a couple more years.
4: He is, and uh, probably he's gonna he's gonna put the job off to Becky Hammond now.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big mm-hmm. yeah. So because it, it tore him his son. I don't know how to say his name. Tori <laughs> Messina, I want to say. Yeah, is that's take, close enough. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> is taking a job back overseas, and then the Sixers just hired another one of their assistants to become Brett Brown's head assistant. So yeah, Becky Hammond moving on up the chain a little bit.
4: I I love it. Me it too. would be so Spurs that when Pop retires, he hands it over to Becky. I would oh love it. Oh my god! That would I be, would love everything about it. That'd be so good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it felt wait. We we had to end on a happy note because you know I guess I mean it's sad that he's retiring but it it felt wrong for him to be it was weird seeing him in a Hornets jersey all year he's just you know I I hope could they do they do it in the NBA like they do in the NFL where it's like oh you sign a one day contract to
4: retire as they tried but it's just not as official yeah like it's it's a gimmick and it's. Yeah, I I mean
3: I think we should make an exception. Like if Adam Silver made an exception for Dirk and D Wade in the All Star game this year, like let let the Spurs sign Tony to a one day contract so he can retire, or just give him a ten day contract. Screw it. Yeah, yeah, L- uh, <laughs> I was about to
4: say give him give him a ten day contract and also give Tony the chance to play next year's All Star game. I I know oh. he's had a year off, yeah, and and gotten fat like Dirk, but. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Dirk is still very much skinny, but he's hit himself without saying he's game like 15 pounds. Oh my god, I love it.
3: I mean, that's what I plan on doing when I retire too. I don't blame him.
4: No, I. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, But I would love to see like you know a a 235 pound Tony (laughs) Parker result
3: that game. Him it just put him and Boris Dio next to each other and see if you could tell the two apart in a year. Yes. There
4: we go. Oh, I am looking forward to Boris DL, Tony Parker, Instagram on a yacht photo. Oh, it has yeah. to happen. Oh, yeah.
3: you know you know it's happening. They're gonna have, they're sure. all gonna go on vacation together now. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Well, but yep. but congratulations to Tony for one hell of an NBA career. Uh we wish nothing but the best in his future endeavors it sounds like he wants to become an nba owner one day which would be cool maybe he'd nice he buys a stake of the spurs wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened but he's he's already up to some good stuff he opened an international school in france in september yep. he owns a french men's and women's professional basketball club as well so we'll see what's next for tony parker but i'm sure it's only good things yeah. Um, so I think that's probably a good place to wrap up Mort we will you know we, we have game 6 on Thursday now so we'll be back after that obviously the draft is a week from Thursday so a busy time coming up and you know pending our availability whenever this Anthony Davis deal goes down I'm expecting it to happen this week at some point or definitely, oh. definitely by the draft but I, I think it happens this weekend
4: Oh, nice. That's that's a good prediction. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay.
3: Whenever it goes down, we will try to rush to our computers as quickly as possible and record.
4: Right. Uh, an emergency episode, then. But. And uh, by the way, just just a heads up to people out there. Um, so, normally we would go straight in hardcore to free agency, you know, draft and free agency right after the season. We are going to do that to the best of our availability, but I am expecting a sun at the very start of july meaning i am pretty sure that i will get murdered if (laughs) i decide to leave his side and go record a podcast correct right so my availability may be somewhat limited uh potentially or i I do have the greatest wife in human history who is a very very understanding so maybe not we'll see can confirm yeah um well yours is no slouch either yeah mind you um so, so yeah, there's that. And also, we still need questions.
3: Yes, yeah.
4: For our mailbag episode.
3: Yep. Because, um, yeah, we'll have some dead time between the draft and free agency. So we're happy to address any questions you guys have about draft, free agency, finals, whatever. Uh, so, John Wick. <laughs> yeah, John Wick, which I still haven't seen, by the way. Oh, my God. I know. Come on, dude. I know. Yeah. Um, but
4: and, and you can add them to our Twitter uh, handle at uh, the NBA Pod and our Twitter handles, which I don't think we mentioned on this podcast a lot. you, ju- you always say check the handle. Yeah, it's B Toporek for you mm-hmm. and it's MSJ NBA for me. So yeah. just hit us up on Twitter and with questions and we'll we'll gather a list and maybe just maybe there's a prize for the Ooh. best question Ooh, maybe.
3: There we Uh-oh. go yeah well more we will be back later this week we will we're gonna expect the worst for to hear about durant later today and right uh you know but we we're we're assuming a fully torn achilles at this point so yeah uh we will try to be back as soon as possible after game six and then yeah lots of draft and free agency stuff coming yep. up it's our favorite time yep. of year so follow us on the nba er, on twitter at the nba pod for all of our latest episodes you can also find us on itunes or whatever they're going to call it because like apple yeah. music is going to be a thing soon find I'm us not sure find, find us wherever podcasts are honestly yeah. we're, we're everywhere now uh but please yeah. leave some five-star reviews it would really help us out And we're now being hosted on Spreaker as well. So please check them out on Spreaker. They're doing us a solid and featuring us this week on their main page. So shout Shout out out to Spreaker. Spreaker.
4: Yeah, for sure. So Brian, just before we we head off here, are the Toronto Raptors NBA champions next time we talk?
3: I still think it goes seven. Yeah. But I I think think they are going to be NBA champions. And I think I'm gonna look really effing smart for a pick for having picked the Serato Raptors at seven. heading to get to this series. Did I think this is how it was gonna go? No. But I will take it and I will brag about it for a while. So prepare Just yourself. Just by for that. saying
4: that right now, you know what's gonna happen though.
3: Warriors in seven.
0: Yeah.
5: For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Take care. All right, you too.